Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's been a couple weeks, but we're back again. Hop the props. Chuck, how are we? Hey, Seth. How you doing? Um, happy belated Thanksgiving. I think the last time we spoke was before Thanksgiving, but we're back, and now it's now it's the Christmas season. It's bowl season, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, good to be back with you finally after a couple weeks. Yeah, I know. The, the, yeah, the last time we uh, we recorded, we were in the same state on the same couch talking about, you know, Thanksgiving football. But now we're in bowl season. College football's wrapped up. And we've got a, an interesting slate of games to talk about today. Some low-tier um, games, but also we'll be talking about the college football playoff. But first, Chuck, some drama with the final rankings. I want I, yeah. As an ACC man yourself, I want to hear your thoughts on Florida State getting left out. Yeah, uh, obviously a, a lot of talk around that after the rankings were released. I think this is the first time ever since the college football playoff uh, started back in, what, 2014, that there was really a lot of controversy. I mean, there's always a lot of talk of who should be in, who should who should not, but but nobody is ever really that mad, and this year was, was crazy. Um, everybody was pretty pissed. Ron DeSantis is trying to get some, some funding from the state to sue the NCAA for leaving FSU out. I personally was really happy when I got the ranking notification on my phone um, because I didn't think the committee would, would do what they did, right? I thought that they would give FSU, you know, the benefit of the doubt and put them in because they they did what they're supposed to do. They won all their games. They scheduled a decent non-conference schedule, um, but they lost their quarterback. And And the number one thing that the committee is there for is to – identify the best four teams in college football. And I, so I don't care about record or who you beat or who you lost to. I mean, obviously that all goes into who the best top, the top four teams are. But I think, you know, if you truly say like FSU without Jordan Travis is not better than Bama. Like, I think that's a pretty easy argument to make just like in a vacuum. So I I'm happy with, with what the committee ended up doing. I, it sucks for FSU. I get their point. I get why people are angry because they truly did whatever they, they were supposed to do. They won all their games and they, they had, they, you know, had some quality wins, but not crazy quality wins. I think their, their best win was LSU and, and Bama beat LSU too. So, I mean, you kind of look at that and just say like, I think Bama is just a better team and, and deserves to be in it. Maybe not deserves even to be in it more, but they're, they're one of the top four teams. So they had to put them in. Yeah, Chuck. You know, I have a I have a slightly different different perspective. On okay, Let's just a little a little bit, and and I actually have a name that I want to throw out there, and this is this is the name that I think makes my point. Cardell Jones. If you think way back to one of the first, it was the first yep. or one of the first college football playoff. Ohio State was in on the, with their third string quarterback, Cardell Jones, ended up leading them to a national championship. Now. Was the third-string quarterback who played in the ACC championship game for Florida State the level of Cardell Jones? Absolutely not. I don't even know his name. He was a true freshman, but the guy was not not good. Did I expect him to be good? No, it was his first start ever, but I thought he did an okay job. So, But for the playoff, they'd have their backup in anyway, not their third string, and their backup just had a concussion. He wasn't that bad, but – at the certain point, why do you even play the game? If a team goes undefeated, they do everything they're supposed to do, somebody gets hurt, it's just how it is. And you never know if Michigan was going to blow them out or not because you never played the game. So I think, I personally think they should have let Florida State in. 
and not Alabama. Um, but that's, that's just me. And it's also me maybe just I have a lot tired of, of Alabama seeing in – I'm tired of seeing them in the playoff. But um, if, I, if I had to do it now, do I agree those are the best four teams as of right now? Yes. But do I think that Florida State definitely got slighted and should be in there? Yes, I do. So right. it's, it's points tough. that I want to throw back at you because you made you made some valid arguments, but um, and I know this is a, a betting podcast, so we'll get to some bets here in a second. Um, Cardell Jones, I think style points matter a lot, right? So I think if honestly, I think if if FSU went and beat Louisville forty five to to six, they would be in. I think that's all they needed to do, and they looked really bad and probably should have lost that game if Louisville was even competent. Now, their defense looked great, so you, you could give them that maybe, but I, I think they truly needed to just go out and dominate that game with their third-string quarterback, and they, they really didn't. They got they scraped by barely. Um, and I, I think Cardell Jones, and I could be wrong, but I, I think he played in their in Ohio State's Big Ten championship game, and they crushed whoever they were playing, like, 50 to three, even with Cardale Jones. So I think, you know, if Florida state could have done something similar, they would have been in and, and you're right. We're tired of seeing Bama in it, but there's a reason that Bama always gets in it. And, be, and that's because they're, they're Bama. They, they, they're likely to win. You have to put a team in that's going to be a potential national champion. We're trying to crown a national champion. FSU probably won't win both games. I couldn't see that happening, even with the backup and a great defense. Um, I could see Bama going and winning the Natty, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I mean the the spread also probably would have been like thirteen or fourteen points. Yeah, like, it's all about. I mean, it's it's at the end of the day, it's a TV product, and they're trying to put the best product on the field that they can because people are going to want to watch. And and you see, as soon as those point spreads came out, Bama was a one and a half point dog to Michigan. So that tells you everything you need to know. I still feel bad for the Florida State community. Oh, I am an sure. I am an ally for the Florida State community. I do feel bad, but. At the end of the day, the best four teams, I, I believe, are in there. But moving on from that, we'll get to the, the playoffs um, in a little bit later in the show. Uh, but we're going to start in uh, chronological order, basically, from the start of the bowl game season to the end, working our way through, talking about some games that we think there's some value in highlighting those spreads. So, Chuck, take us away. What's the first game that we're talking about? And the best part about these is just the random bowl names. Yep. What's, yeah, the got first them all random, what's the first random bowl name we're talking about? All right. So, yeah, just a quick preview of, of how this is going to run. Um, usually Seth and I just give three picks each for the for the week. Um, being as this may be the only time we record before Christmas, we're just going to go through the entire bowl schedule. Obviously, there's 43 games. That's a lot. We're not going to talk about them all. We're going to talk about five non-cultural playoff bowl games, and then we're going to talk about the playoff and give our thoughts on both of those. So a total of probably seven games, seven sides that you can you can ride or, or fade us, whatever you want to do. Um, and like Seth said, we'll just go in chronological order. So the first game, and we're recording this on the 13th, so you know just keep in mind the dates and the times of these games. And, and if you want to bet them now or you want to try to wait to see how the line moves, however you want to play it, um, I'll try to give you my advice on, on how to attack that. But I think there's some value grabbing right now going to the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl on December 22nd at 6.30 p.m. in Tampa, Florida. We got the Georgia, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets taking on the UCF Knights. Um, Georgia Tech is right now a four-and-a-half-point dog, and I think that's too many points. Um, 
UCF, both teams went six and six this year. I look through both teams' schedule. I think Georgia Tech's a little bit more battle-tested. Um, Georgia Tech played Georgia close at the end of the year. Obviously, that's a rivalry game, so take it or leave it. But they played Clemson close at least for like a half. Um, they beat UNC. Um, and UCF didn't really have that tough of a schedule. They had a nice win against Oklahoma State, but that was coming off. Oklahoma State was coming off a of bedlam, so it was kind of a letdown spot for Oklahoma State. So I'm not super impressed by that one. And they played o- OU kind of close. Um, and I think that was a look-ahead spot, similarly, for, for OU um, at the time. And I've looked through this UCF schedule, and they struggle against running quarterbacks. Um, they played Will Howard earlier in the year. Will Howard ran for 64 yards and two touchdowns on him. They played um, Garrett Green of West Virginia, who ran for three touchdowns on them. So I think I worry about UCF's defense um, against the running quarterback. Haynes King is, is the quarterback for for Georgia Tech, he's been playing really well this year, um, both through the air and on the ground. So he's a, he's a dangerous weapon. UCF has a similar kind of quarterback, John Rice Plumley. I think he's going to play in this game. Uh, you got to watch out, by the way, and we'll, we'll touch on this a little bit later. There's a ton of opt-outs in bowl games. So you got to just kind of keep track of who's in, who's out. I've tried to do that as best I can. I think both quarterbacks are going to play in this particular matchup, um, and both are good, good running quarterbacks. Um, and both teams, unfortunately, are really bad against the run. These teams are both like bottom, like 120 or worse against the run in terms of run defense, but also like top 20 uh, run offenses. So it's kind of strength on strength there, run, running against bad run defenses. So I expect a lot of points in this one. And I think just getting up four and a half is, is a good value because this is kind of a back and forth, whoever has the ball last kind of game. And I, I just trust Georgia Tech in a bigger spot. Um, to be a little bit more motivated. They haven't been in a bowl game since 2018. So I just think they're going to be pretty highly motivated to play pretty well in this one. And I like the four and a half. Yeah, that was the one thing I wanted to mention is Georgia Tech has kind of had a had a break from bowl action, from bowl mania. They haven't been there in a while. Yeah. Um, UCF had you know that big spurt a couple of years ago. Um, but UCF's first year in the Big 12, a little bit disappointing, really struggled. Um, Georgia Tech did pull out some great wins at uh, – that that Miami kneel down oh, yeah. fiasco basically got them in both spots. I mean, this team is really five and seven, if you think about it. They're lucky to be yes. there. They're just going to be. Happy they're to be they're there. lucky to be there. And uh, I mean, again, bowl bowl season is the definition of passion. I know I'm a passion pick guy. I know I throw 100%. that around, but this is this is where that passion definitely comes out. The energy. Who wants it more? Who cares? Um, who cares more? You're right, Chuck. With the opt outs, a lot of people. Um, we're just writing these games off. But I, I think uh, this game means a little bit more to Georgia Tech than it does to UCF. So I like that uh, I like that play that you got going there. Yeah, so I, th- I think I'm going to like mostly favorites in a lot of these bowl games. So I had to get a dog in there. I think four and a half is a pretty good number. A lot of these spreads are, are three, two and a half points in these bowl games. We should have a pretty decent bowl season according to Vegas. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I know I, know, I think the next game – that we're talking about is a is a two or a three point spread, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So we just talked about a game on the 22nd. I'm gonna go a day in the future, and we're gonna talk about a game on the 23rd. This is the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, 23rd of December at 3:30 p.m. Nice little afternoon action in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, I think this is a classic bowl game. I think Lockheed Martin Armed Forces that they're not changing the sponsor around too much on us. No, yeah, it's right. It should be right in uh, SMU Stadium, I believe. Okay, yeah. So we got JMU versus Air Force. 
Um, JMU coming off of a, what, 11-1 and year. They didn't get to participate in their conference championship because of some weird eligibility stuff. They're taking on Air Force in this one, and they're two-and-a-half-point favorites, which, Seth, we're going to talk about this a little bit more. You're going to dive in as well. Um, but I think that's too little. I, I like JMU a lot here. Um, it's strength on strength, so JMU's the number one run defense in the NCAA, and Air Force has like a top five run offense, obviously running the option. So, so, but I trust the defense a little bit more in this spot. I trust JMU's defense, and I think their quarterback's going to play. Jordan McLeod uh, is going to play in this game. So, you know, they're not getting too many opt-outs. They did lose their head coach. Their head coach moved on and took another gig, so I don't think he'll be coaching in this one. But I don't think a lot of the players are going to be opting out because this is basically their Super Bowl. They didn't get to play in their conference championship game. Now they're getting a bowl game against a, a kind of a mid-Air Force team. I, I really like them, and I, I'm comfortable laying that two and a half. Yeah, Chuck, this this might be one of my favorite bets of the, the bowl season. And the reason why you've got two teams, one is reeling and one is excited they're in a bowl game. So one of the main reasons for James Madison couldn't play the conference championship because they need that three-year period to transition from FCS to FBS. So the fact that they're in a bowl game, there weren't enough teams eligible to play in bowl games, so they got a spot. They're going to come in, and they want to make they want to make a statement because they've been trying to, to get that rule changed. So I think in their mind, if they come into this game and absolutely make a statement against a team that was ranked earlier in the year, um, I think that could be huge for them. Uh, in terms of Air Force, they started out undefeated to start the season, I think five or six and oh, and they they I think lost five of their last six. Like they have right. not looked good. they their offense has not been clicking like it was earlier. Um, the thing with the, those military teams and those option teams, if you if you find a way to stop it, if you game plan for it, there's not much else they're gonna be doing. So I really think James Madison with all this time off, all that film. Um, watching teams being able to stop them, especially with a team that is struggling, I think two and a half is way too low. And for a team that's looking for their first bowl win in, in school history in James Madison, I got to imagine they're coming out firing. Yeah, I mean, this this line almost almost seems kind of sus to me because I just think JMU is just way more motivated in the spot. Like you mentioned, Air Force lost their last four games. So, yeah. yeah, so you're right. They're, they're reeling a little bit. JMU only lost that overtime game to App State, which was a kind of a huge moment. Game day was in App State yeah. or JMU for that. So, um, yeah, I like I like JMU here. Yeah, I'm excited. That's I think that's definitely my my best play of the uh, the season. Oof, the season. Well, the bowl season. That is the bowl, the bowl season. season. Okay. All right. Well, let's keep fast forwarding. We're going past Christmas now um, to the Surf Pro First Responder Bowl. This one's December 26th at 5.30. Seth, we got Texas State versus Rice. What are your thoughts on this one? Texas State versus Rice. Well, I do have some thoughts. We've got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> First thought, JT Daniels had to retire from football due to too many concussions. He's going into coaching. Going into coaching. Not sure if he's going to know what the plays are. The, the guy might be, he might be messed up for life. But now – he did take a lot of hits this year, so I did. I was I was watching the USF Rice game on a Saturday afternoon because I had nothing else to do, and JT Daniels got hurt, and I was watching the backup Rice quarterback. Terrible, he's not good. Like watching him throw, it almost looked like a shot put. Really, don't think 
that he's going to be doing much. Now, the Texas State defense isn't great. However, they have a lot of transfers. They beat Baylor early in the year. Baylor also was terrible, so take that with a grain of salt. But this is a team with a lot of transfers, a new head coach. I believe it's their first bowl game that they're playing in. Um, Yeah, yeah, first bowl game, so same kind of energy that JMU is going to have. Um, This team really turned their season around from last year and a couple years before. I think they've got Mo and his brother Mentum with them. (laughs) So I am looking for a Texas State team to kind of roll over a Rice team that their starting quarterback's out. They're 6-6. and They're very middle of the road. Not a great year, not a bad year. It's just that for them, Texas State is coming out. Again, firing. They want to win this game. They want to prove something to themselves. Give me Texas State and give me the points. Is it four and a half? Yeah, that's what I saw that. So we're taking them minus four and a half. Uh, I have confirmed just now, can report TJ Finley, the Texas State quarterback, will be playing in the bowl game. He had a nice year. Uh, Seth, you mentioned they beat Baylor. They also beat South Alabama, which isn't, you know, there's no small feat. South Alabama was really solid this year. South Alabama also beat Oklahoma State earlier in the year. So yeah, and they're, they're, South Alabama was like 15 point favorites in their own bowl game, which we yeah, won't I think they play. Those. I think they play Eastern Michigan, and that's just going to be a, not even close. We're, we are not going to be talking about that game. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend betting on that one. But but Texas State here, they're, you know, they're kind of a slept on team. I think bowl debut is a is a big thing. They're going to be pretty motivated mm-hmm. to play pretty well in this one. And uh, like you said, Rice without their starting quarterback, it's just just a tough spot for them. So we like Texas State there. Um, let's keep it moving to ooh, this is an early one seth december 28th 11 a.m kick eastern time the eastern it's yeah. an 8 a.m pacific yeah my god so we're getting early um and it's in boston this is the wasabi fenway bowl they're playing in fenway park and we got basically a home game for boston college taking on smu what are your thoughts on this one boston college is a 10 and a half point dog Okay, I have, again, multiple thoughts on this game. I'm going to start with SMU. I think they got absolutely gypped. I think yeah. to win the American, and, like, granted, the American's not the best conference. It's a group of five. But, like, it's still, you know, a respectable conference. And, like, you have to be a good team to win the American. They beat Tulane, who's also a decent team. Yes, they kind of had a down year compared to last year, but still a good team. To be put in the Fenway Bowl against – Possibly the worst group of five team to make a bowl game in Boston College, I find insulting. Boston College sucks. They almost lost to Holy Cross this year. Granted, they almost beat Florida State, but that was very early in, early in the year. This team, they beat UConn, a bunch of garbage teams to get six and six. Like It is possibly the weakest six wins I have ever seen. I don't have that in front of me, but I really want to pull it up now and look at it. And look at their schedule because it is just pathetic. So I've got a team in Boston College that I don't even think should be there. SMU, who's ranked 10.5 point favorites. This game isn't even going to be close. I'm taking SMU by 20. I'm pulling up the schedule right now. All right. Boston College lost to Northern Illinois, beat Holy Cross by three, lost to Florida State. Their wins were Virginia, who sucks. Army sucks. Georgia Tech, good win. UConn sucks. And Syracuse, who sucks. Like, they literally have one good win. And they're going against an SMU team that's actually good. So, yeah, give me the minus 10.5 all day. 
Yeah, I mean, SMU coming off a nice win against Tulane, like you mentioned. They kind of dominated that game. They held Tulane to 1.2 yards per carry, uh, so that that's pretty admirable there. And they, and they ran for almost 200 yards themselves on Tulane, which is no small feat because um, Tulane's got a pretty solid defense. So like what I'm seeing from SMU, um, as you so gracefully called me an ACC expert, I can, in fact, attest that Boston College is not. Very solid. Um, obviously, they beat Georgia Tech, who I'm high on, but they lost their last three games all uh, fairly convincingly. Um, Virginia Tech, they lost by 26. Miami, they lost by 25. So they just haven't been playing well as of late either. I think I saw their quarterback, Thomas Castellanos, has has only passed for more than 250 yards like twice all year, and that hasn't happened lately. Um, so he hasn't. he's kind of been regressing towards the end of the year. Um home game for them kind of so I, I worry about that a little bit but but you're right i think SMU how many boston be- college fans are really going to go into fenway <laughs> in december to watch this game at 11 at 11 a.m that's true no that's a good point no one's going to be there oh, also smu's only two losses were oklahoma at oklahoma and at tcu yeah so and those were again early in the season i this team is they haven't lost in 10 games yeah they've what one nine in a row ten in a row Ten in a row, I think. I'm looking at yeah, ten in a row. So this is a team that you know got a lot of faith in. I think they're they feel a little bit snubbed. I mean, I'd be pissed if I won the if I won the American went undefeated and then I had to play a six and six Boston College team. I'd be pissed. Yeah. So right. give me the give me the Stang. It's minus ten and a half. Minus ten and a half. We like it. We like it. All right. So that kind of brings the end of our like crappy bowl season picks. Uh, so we got Georgia Tech plus four and a half. We got JMU minus two and a half. We got Texas State minus four and a half. And we got SMU minus ten and a half. Like I said, I had to get that dog in there with Georgia Tech. So we got a dog mm-hmm. in there. Um, and now we're going to get to the December 29th. We got the first of the New Year's six bowls um, that I'm going to talk about here is the Cotton Bowl. So we got Mizzou taking on Ohio State at uh, 8 p.m. on the 29th. I like Mizzou here. Mizzou's Mizzou opened as a dog, um, and they flipped to a favorite of two and a half points. So still, still pretty small um, in Mizzou's favor. But Ohio State's got a ton of opt outs. So Kyle McCord entered the transfer portal. Um, Julian Fleming is a you know they're probably their third best wide receiver, and he he's already announced that he's out. I don't think Marvin Harrison or Emeka Abuka are probably going to play either. Um, so Ohio State's pretty much without many offensive weapons at all. Um, I think there's going to be some opt-outs on the defensive side as well. And conversely, I expect a lot of players from Mizzou to play in this game. I mean, this is like Mizzou's best year in, in forever, right? So, I mean, they're going to be hyped to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. They had a great year. They only lost to, to what, Georgia and, and somebody else. They, they've been really solid this year. And uh, I just think they're going to be more motivated. We, we talked about it this, this entire bowl slate. Motivation is the number one factor in these bowl games. Um, I like Mizzou. Their, their defense is, is decent enough. And I, I worry about, I really like Ohio State's defense, but I think there's going to be enough opt-outs. And they've, Mizzou's played good defenses, right? They've played UGA. They've played Kentucky. They've played Tennessee. You know, some good SEC defenses. So I think they're, they're tested enough to, um, you know, do well enough offensively to, to score enough to cover this two and a half game, two and a half number and win this game. Yeah. I mean, George, uh, Mizzou's only two losses were to Georgia and the Heisman winner and Jane Daniels and LSU. Okay. Um, 
Those are two losses. But again, yeah, Missouri, like going into the year, they, I mean, maybe they thought they could, had a shot at the playoff, but I think that making it to the Cotton Bowl against Ohio State was pretty much their ceiling. Yeah, I think they hit their ceiling. They did everything they could do, and now this is the cherry. <coughs> excuse me, cherry on top to win the game. Ohio State got left out. They lost to Michigan. They didn't play in the Big Ten championship. Quarterbacks transferring. Everybody's sitting out again. There's very minimal motivation. Um, I don't even know if Ryan Day has any motivation for this game because it's not like anyone's going to look at him differently if he wins if he beats a Missouri team. So I like Mizzou here as well. Makes sense to me why they switched to the favorite. Um, but I'll definitely be watching and, and and rooting for Mizzou. Yeah, I hope they can cap off just a just a really solid year for Mizzou. Um, and the the, the SEC is only going to get tougher next year, so they got a tough slate. So they got to enjoy this while they can and hopefully cap off a, a Cotton Bowl win to, to cap the season off. That would be big. And Chuck, I don't know if um, if this game is on your slate, but I did want to just bring it in just really quickly. Um, two teams that got slighted, or not slighted, but left out of the playoff, The going to the Capital One Orange Bowl. Yeah. Uh, was that the next one you were talking about, or was that not on the list? Uh, let's throw it in there. I mean, it, I figured it would kind of roll into our playoff talk pretty nicely. So, yeah, let's definitely talk about it. Uh, we got, I think it's on the 30th, we got UGA taking on FSU. Right now, FSU is a 14-point dog. Chuck, I love FSU here. <laughs> and I know it makes no sense. God damn it. But this is the definition of a passion pick right here. Yeah. Remember when UCF went undefeated, got left out of the playoff, and then they went and just dominated LSU and claimed national championship and claimed the national championship for themselves? Remember that? Yeah. That's that's exactly what's gonna happen. Yeah. Because again, Georgia is motivated. I've seen Kirby Smart. They said, yep, yeah, you know, we want to go in there and win. Florida State, if this is – I know it's not the national championship. This is the national championship to them. They're playing the team that won it the past two years. I guarantee you if they somehow win this game, they're claiming national champions. And honestly, I wouldn't blame them. Um, so I actually love a Florida State plus 14. And hate – call me crazy. Don't hate an FSU money line pick. Yeah, might as well throw it. I think it's worth it. I don't think um, Carson – or what's what's the Georgia's first name? Is it Carson Beck? Carson yeah, Carson Beck. Beck. I don't think he's that great. Um, I think that Florida State's defense can maybe cause him some problems, get a couple turnovers. Um, it's, I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. The over-under is only set at 44.5, so Vegas kind of agrees. Um, but I really think first team to get to 21 – 24 is going to win this game. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping Florida State stays in it. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on the money line, but I really like plus 14. Oh, gosh, Seth. Yeah, I mean, you make a lot of good points. So money line right now, plus 490. I wanted to, to throw that out there for you. So that's pretty good value. Um, you make a good point about the low scoring in terms of the spread, right? Like we don't see either team, like FSU's defense look does look like it's national championship caliber. Um, so, and, and I was watching that Georgia Bama game and I was like, is this, is this Georgia team really the number one team in the country? Like they just didn't look like it. Right. Like mm-hmm. I had no confidence offensively. I, I bet on Georgia in that game and I had no confidence offensively when they had the ball that they were going to go down and score. I just really didn't. I mean, obviously their defense is solid. I, I, I trust their defense and against the FSU backup quarterback. Um, 
but obviously they, they probably will be more motivated. I think UGA will likely have more opt-outs just because they have better players than FSU. So I think that that could play a role. Um, UGA probably has better depth than FSU down the line in terms of their backups. If it comes down to backups versus backups um, with a lot of opt-outs, um, this game's in Miami. I could see a lot of Florida State fans showing up and, and cheering on their team, trying to win this fake natty. Uh, so, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of on board of fading FSU, but then then you bring up a lot of good points, and, and 14 points seems like too many. And here's the other thing that I'll bring up as well is is when a defense knows that you know they're they're going to be the reason that they're going to win this game, they it shows on the field. Now those the two games, two notable games that they've played without Jordan Travis against Florida, against Louisville. They held Florida to 15 points. Yeah. They held Max Brown, Florida's quarterback, to 9 for 16, 86 yards and a pick all game. That was the entire stat line. That Louisville game might have been one of the best defensive performances I've seen. Yeah. Granted, Jake Plummer also just sucked. Like it was like, but that was also the Florida State defense. Like he went 14 for 36, 111 yards and a pick. Jeez. Like that is terrible. He had a QBR of 13.1. So that Florida State defense knows that they, if they're going to win, they're going to be the reason. Nothing against <coughs> a Florida State backup quarterback, but again, unless he pulls like you know a huge story, I just don't see it happening. That's why I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and that's how I think Florida State can pull out this win. Yeah, right. Uh, I think I think you're talking me into it a little bit. I probably won't bet it. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens. That's kind of the basically the. You know, if the playoff had expanded this year, that this would be a potential playoff game. Um, so it, it would just be interesting to see. Uh, so let's talk about the actual four teams that made it. Uh, so New Year's Day, we'll talk about the Rose Bowl first. We got Bama versus Michigan, 5 p.m. kick on New Year's Day. Michigan right now, I talked about it earlier, one-and-a-half-point favorite. This is an interesting matchup, Seth. This is like... I've I've said it multiple times in these bowl games. This is strength on strength. These seem these t- two teams are very similar in how they they approach just football in general, right? They want to they want to win a line of scrimmage, um, mm-hmm. in terms of offensive line, defensive line, um, running. So you know, I I almost think that kind of nets out, right? And then I think some of the other things that are not you know line of scrimmage in the trenches are are what's going to decide it. And I think there are three things that I'm thinking about in this game. I'm thinking about Jalen Milrow and his legs versus J.J. McCarthy and his legs. Um, both both quarterbacks are going to have to move a little bit, right? Um, they're going up against really good defenses, really good pass rushes, um, really good secondaries. Their receivers are going to be covered up. Um, and I think they're going to have to make some plays, right? So who do you trust more to make plays? Jalen Milrow in those last few games – for Bama has looked unstoppable, honestly, just on the ground. Like nobody can scheme him up. Even if you spy him, he can beat he can beat your linebacker one on one in space. He's so fast. Um, so I, I think I give the edge to Bama there. Um, coaching matchup, right? Saban with a month to prepare versus Harbaugh with a month to prepare. Got to give the edge to Saban, right? He's been here before. He's won these games. He knows what to do. Um, we saw this. Harbaugh did, couldn't beat TCU last year. What? I don't know if he can beat Bama this year in, in a similar spot. Um, and then the receivers, right? So somebody's going to have to make a play on the outside. Um, Milrow's going to have to complete a pass to somebody. JJ's going to have to complete a pass to somebody. And I think 
what I've seen from the Bama receivers, uh, Burton and Bond in those in these last couple of games, leads me to believe that that I think I give the edge to Bama there. So I think I give Bama the edge if we're assuming that the trenches kind of net out. Um, if you if you kind of look at some of the other factors, I think I give Bama the edge here. So I, I would take them not super confidently to win this game because I I think it is these two these two teams are really even. You see that in the one and a half point spread. Um, I think I lean Bama here. Chuck, I'm I'm right there with you. And the other thing, the other reason I'm pointing to this is, is Bama's played a lot of high caliber teams this year. They've played Texas, they've played Georgia, they've played LSU. Michigan has played Ohio State. That is yeah. literally the only good team. I do not count Iowa as a good team. They put up zero points. Their offense sucks. Like Iowa, like literally the only team that Michigan played that was good was Ohio State. So now they're going against an Alabama team that has a lot of momentum. Jalen Mil- Milrow is playing a lot better than he was earlier in the year. Now, if these two p- teams play at the beginning of the year, I think Michigan wins. Yeah, I think they win by at least seven. Now, I don't think so. I think Alabama kind of even this might not be close. Um, I I call me crazy. I'm liking a double digit point win for Bama. I know. I know it's crazy stuff, but yeah. I, because I remember I bet Michigan to beat Ohio state and they did and they covered, but they didn't look great. They almost lost it at the end against comic cloud, who I don't think is that great. Yeah. Um, and now you've got Jalen Milrow who's playing with, uh, I, he, obviously he wasn't a Heisman finalist, but he's playing with a Heisman, I think finalist mentality right now, especially after that Auburn game um, where they got lucky there and, and got kind of got bailed out by that poor defense but going in and beating those two times defending champions, Georgia Bulldogs, I think he's flying high right now. I think he's playing with a lot of confidence. And I think Michigan is a little upset, too, that they have to play, play Alabama instead of Florida State. I think you're going to see that in the opening quarter of the game. I think Alabama is going to come out a lot hotter and have a lot more momentum. Give me Bama. Yeah, and I, I think it's going to come down to, to if Michigan can run the ball, right? They can't do anything if they can't run the ball. And – I think Bama's run defense is going to be able to slow them down a good bit. And if Michigan's defense can slow down Bama's run game, I think Bama just has more ways to beat you, right? Milrow's legs, Milrow throwing the ball, just just hucking it. The dude dude has a cannon. He's he's inaccurate sometimes, but he likes to throw the ball down the field a lot. Um, I expect him to, to at least get one deep shot completed um, against this Michigan defense and kind of break this game open a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I'm also – just a huge dual threat quarterback guy. And, you know, if if it comes to a last-minute scramble, I'm going to take Milrow against that Michigan defense. comes to a last-minute scramble, I don't know if I'm taking J.J. McCarthy over the Alabama front seven. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so we're on the same page there. What about the second game on the slate? Say 845, kind of a late-night game, New Year's Day. Uh, What is this, the the Fiesta Bowl? Is it? I know. I forget what the playoff is. Anyway, the other playoff game, two seed versus the three seed. We got Texas versus Washington. Washington right now is a four and a half point dog in this one. What are your thoughts? Chuck, I'm going back to last year on this one. The Washington Huskies 2022 schedule. Since Michael Penix Jr. has joined the Huskies, they have only lost two games. They lost to UCLA and they lost to Arizona State back-to-back, both away, where their defense gave up 40 and 45 points. They have won every other game. 
including the Valero Alamo Bowl last year against Texas. Nice poll. Thank you. Thank you. They won 27-20. to Penix had almost 300 yards passing. Now, do I think the Texas team from last year is better than – or do I think the Texas team for this year is better than last year? Yes. Do I think Washington is significantly better than last year? Yes. I think both these teams have gotten better, but I think Washington's offense has improved dramatically with just the the level of – um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here, but just it's they, they basically just they they had a great offense and then they somehow got better, and then that's proved because they haven't lost the game. They found ways to pull those games out even if they haven't been pretty. Texas looks good; they're very good, but I love the Huskies here. I feel like I feel like a lot of people are doubting them. Also, that's why they're four and a half point dogs. But people are forgetting that Michael Penix in my opinion, should have been in the Heisman conversation. I feel like he should have got an invite there. Um, not one. I think Jaden Daniels could have won that. But I really like Washington here to not only cover but win this game and make it to that national championship. I do like Texas. I think they're good. And their defense is, is better than Washington's. But, again, game-winning drive, if Washington has the rock, they're scoring. And that's what I'm basing this off of. Texas? I, I think they are scoring, but I'm less confident. I know if, if Penix gets that ball with two minutes left, they will win the game. That's what I'm basing it on. Give me the Huskies. Seth, we're on the same page once again. Uh, I like Washington here as well, plus four and a half. Uh, just quick correction. This is the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Ah. Uh, so that's that's my bad. I'm getting sued. There's so many freaking bowl games. It's crazy. Dude, I know. Um, but anyways, let's let me break this down. I think I agree with everything you said. I trust Penix in a big spot versus Quinn Ewers for sure. I think I've been shouting from the rooftops that I don't really like Quinn Ewers ever since he got to Texas and became their starting quarterback. Uh, let's just talk about Texas though a little bit. Uh, you know, solid defense. But they're fourth against the run, but they're eighty sixth in pass defense. Uh, they have a balanced offense. They're eighteenth in pass, twenty third in the run. So. You know, they can kind of attack you both ways. But Washington, on the other hand, is number one passing team in the nation. So their, their strength really isn't running, which Texas could stop, right? So Texas is pretty solid against the run, um, but they're not that solid against the pass. So I think Washington has the edge there um, and can kind of throw on this this Texas team. And I, I just think, so I, I mentioned this, we were talking about the, and we didn't do a podcast for this, but we were talking about the championship games before they happened. And I said, I think Washington might be this year's TCU. Like they just keep finding ways to win. It doesn't. Nobody really, you know, super buys into them all year, and they just keep winning games, and they just figure it out because they they've had some close calls all season, and they just keep winning. They keep winning the games. Um, so I just think they're more battle tested. They know how to win close games. I trust Penix in a big spot, like you said. Uh, Texas, on the other hand, hasn't really played close games. They they beat, as we kind of talked about earlier, they beat Bama, but. They beat Bama early. Bama was reeling early in the season. They they lost to Texas, and then they almost went and like were losing or gonna lose to USF. Um, and they were playing like all three of their quarterbacks. They were just in kind of a disarray. Um, and th- this Bama team, I think, if Texas got another shot at them in Bama, would get crushed. You know, if they played that game again. So I think I I kind of discount that win a little bit. Uh, looking at looking back on it. Um, 
And I just think they haven't really played a passer of Penix caliber, right? I think probably the best team and the best quarterback they've played all year in terms of throwing the ball. Cause I, I don't, I mentioned it earlier. Milrow is pretty inaccurate. He likes to chuck it deep a little bit, but I think Penix is obviously on just on a different level as Jalen Milrow in terms of throwing the, throwing the ball. I would say the only, the only passer they played that was really up to Penix's caliber was Dylan Gabriel, right? In the Oklahoma game. And they lost that game. I, I would went also down like late and won the game. And I think Penix I would also like to point out Dylan Gabriel, also a left-handed quarterback. Pretty sure Texas is 0-3 in their last three matchups against the left-handed quarterback. Wow, what a stat. Dude, that is a stat right there. Now, We're pulling that out. Um, But yeah, so like you said, you know, Penix just late. I think I trust him to make a play. And I agree. I think Washington's going to win this game. I'd pick them on the money line. But the four and a half is just too many points, right? Like if this game is close late, Washington is too good of a team to like not want to, you know, to want to lay points against. I would definitely never lay points against Washington. Like that nine and a half number against Oregon, we saw the same thing. We're on Washington there. Um, obviously, we didn't talk about it on the pod, but you know, it's just it's hard to to beat this team by a lot of points because they're just such an explosive offense. Yeah, and the last thing I want to say about this game is this is also a Washington team that beat Oregon twice. One of the times Oregon was favored by nine and a half, and at that, <clears throat> and at that point was the betting favorite to win the national championship. Damn. So Washington has already basically beat it's the team of destiny. The, yeah, I I really think this team, and we'll talk about the potential matchups here in a second. But either Michigan or Alabama, I probably like Washington against Michigan a little bit more. But even if Washington played Alabama. I probably would take Washington, which would be probably silly, but I got to I got to imagine that th- these guys, they're for real. Their offense is for real, but they got to they got to focus on Texas first. Yeah, yeah, we'll see if they can even get by Texas, but I definitely definitely like them plus four and a half. And I think if they were to make it there, they're going to be a a dog against Bama or Michigan, probably by a good margin. So, you know, kind of once again, you got to try to maybe take those points. I think Washington to win the whole thing. If we're gonna get crazy here, it's plus six fifty. So, you know, you're getting almost you're getting a little bit better odds than your FSU money line play. But yeah, and call me crazy, but if if someone said, "Hey, bet who you think's gonna win," you know, and I'm taking Washington because the the way I look at it is, if Alabama, let's just say Alabama and Texas win, Alabama wins. I don't think Texas beats them twice. If Michigan yep. and Texas win, I don't know. That's probably a toss up. But if Washington wins against either of those teams, I'm going to take Washington. I'll probably feel a little bit better against Michigan than Alabama um, just because I think that defense of Alabama is going to be um, – Penix might have some some difficulties about it. But the other thing is, you know, Penix came from Indiana. He's played in the Big Ten. He's familiar with Michigan. He's familiar with those teams. So that's why I have a little bit more confidence with them if they somehow beat Texas to then beat Michigan. So, Yeah, I mean, Washington – FanDuel says Washington would be a seven-point dog to Michigan and a six-and-a-half-point dog to Bama. That, see, that that doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah. hopefully they win. Hopefully, hopefully Michigan or – either way, I hope Washington wins. That's the one team – that's the one – out of the either game, that's the one team I'm, I'm really hoping they pull through. Yeah, I think they're becoming America's team a little bit. You know, I think everybody would like to see them succeed. But I think the reason they're so slept on and, and still dogs in this one are they're just – People just keep doubting them, and they're the, they're the least 
you know, least biggest brand of, of the four teams that ended up making the, the playoffs. I think that's a big factor as well. Yeah. But right, definitely, please. definitely a great se- bowl season coming up. Um, I'm, ex- I'm ex- excited, but sad the college football season is, uh, is, is ending, but that just means hop the hoops is going to pick up shortly and we'll have a lot more college basketball to talk about. Yep. We're going to get into to the conference slate for college basketball come up here soon. Uh, we made it through feast week and uh, you know, the end of college football season, but uh, these are some just absolutely amazing college football playoff matchups. So enjoy them, bet on them, go Huskies. Uh, I don't want to say roll tide, but I think we're going to, we're going to lean Bama there as well. So, Bama and Washington in the off. We're taking the dogs, and we like a lot of the favorites in some of the earlier bowl games. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's uh, some big, big numbers early on, and then some tight matchups in the end. But excited nonetheless, Chuck. Always a pleasure to get back on the pod with you um, yep. and, and deliver some plays. So hopefully, hopefully these were helpful, and uh, appreciate you tuning in, Hoppers. Yeah, and if we don't talk to you before then, have a merry Christmas and a great holiday, and uh, we'll see you next year. Later.